0: I'm Stephen Jones. And I'm Kim Newman, and we're here to talk about The Dead Zone. There's a sign of quality. Ah, oh, yes, Mr. Laurentis. When Lorimer decided to close its feature film division after a series of box office disasters, uh, the rights in this property lapsed until De Laurentis bought them in 1982. Uh, This was first and probably the best of the five Stephen King pictures he produced. Do you agree, Kim? Oh, absolutely. It was said around the time that if uh, Stephen King sold the film
1: rights to his laundry list, Dino De Laurentiis would present it. Uh, Funnily enough, he did write a story about a haunted laundry, but uh, Menahem Golan made that later, The Mangler, (laughs) um, which was much worse even than Firestarter, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, Maximum Overdrive, and sometimes
0: they come back, the other De Laurentiis-King pictures. Yes, published in 1979, uh, The Dead Zone was Stephen King's first number one hardcover bestseller. And after sending out an offer for the book uh, from producer John Peters, uh, because he reportedly did not like what the former hairdresser had done with Eyes of Laura Mars, quite rightly, um, King eventually sold the rights to Lorimer Productions in 1980. Yeah, my guess
1: back then, King, of course, wasn't Stephen King yet, so he wasn't quite as, as, as picky as he became. Uh, and then again, uh, <laughs> uh, it's entirely possible that King sometimes hasn't been very choosy about who uh, uh, gets the rights to some of his things. He sold a whole bunch of stories to Milton Sabotsky, which led to um, still running um, director video Children of the Corn and
0: Sometimes the Come Back um, series. Yeah, I think it can be argued that you know the mm-hmm. Dead Zone is pretty much the first of the major Stephen King movies um, on purpose. So the earlier yeah. ones were you know mm-hmm. by accident almost. Mm-hmm. Carrie was almost mm-hmm. an accident. Yeah, I think this is the, this is the one that
1: comes after Carrie and The Shining, which at the time were Brian De Palma and Stanley Kubrick films. I noticed the uh, the American trailer for The Dead Zone almost doesn't mention. David Cronenberg but it's full of from the mind of Stephen King uh, the man who wrote uh, these books you liked so yeah, it's the the first uh, movie really to publicise King as the reason you should go and see this picture
0: Exactly. Interestingly, The Dead Zone was originally set to be produced by Sidney Pollack and directed by Hollywood veteran Stanley Donan I wonder what kind of movie we would have got in that case Remember Saturn 3? Yeah, exactly (laughs) Exactly. Also, Michael Cimino was also involved at one time as well which is a weird one. Yeah, could have played. And Jeffrey Baum, of course, he wrote the screenplay. Died of lung disease uh, in two thousand. Also scripted the Lost Boys and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, yeah, he's very
1: much one of those comes in,
0: does a solid job of adaptation. Or if he's stuck with a dead
1: loser like the Lost Boys, there's not much he's going to bring to it. Exactly. But he's a, he's an old style professional screenwriter, not an artist. And here we have the typical Stephen King setting, a uh, small high school in Maine, flitting, where quite a few sitting. people have Canadian accents, still but uh, that's uh, <laughs> frequently true in, in shot-in-Canada horror pictures. And, eyes- and, and eyes- quoting Egan on Post, The Raven, to begin. Nice mm-hmm. opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we see, in order to establish that this is five years ago, uh, Christopher Walken has a bad, <laughs> bad hairstyle. Uh, he'll have an even stranger one later, <laughs> but uh, this shows his youth.
0: And apparently King had suggested Bill Murray for the role of, of Johnny originally, but the actor wasn't available, and it was, it was actually De Laurentiis who, recommend, who recommended Christopher Walken. Walken made sense at the time. He'd done The Deer Hunter, yeah, he'd had a, a couple of good By side Bill Murray
1: actually had played a sort of psychic seer character in, in The Razor's Edge, the Sunset oh, okay, War. So it was a huge flop, um, which, you know... (laughs) <laughs> might well. Have de- Although I seem to remember
0: Stephen King is like one of the four people in the world who likes that film, so that might it well explain it. And uh, what about the the mention of Sleepy Hollow? Is something interesting? Oh
1: yes, yeah, so, you know, which resonates much later with with uh, Walken's career when he, he uh, <laughs> became not Ichabod Crane, who he's essentially playing here, but the, the Headless Horseman in Tim Burton's oh, movie. It's a yeah. surprise. And Brooke Adams, whatever happened to <laughs> her career? Yeah, well, the nineteen eighties actually weren't a very hospitable time for yeah you know, interesting, talented uh, actresses. Like that, she made a couple of other pictures. I mean, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is the thing she's most remembered for. And for us schlock fans, uh,
0: Peter Cushing and John Carradine <laughs> in Shockwaves as well. Yeah, and yeah, you know, th- I'm sure she's still working. Uh... Now this is an interesting scene because apparently it was meant to cut to um, a- another scene where Johnny is having a, a vision of his car accident that puts him into a coma for five years. And again, this was cut out uh, in-, in the post-production by, by Cronenberg. Okay? Yeah, as, as we've just got the, the foreshadowing in here. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm not entirely sure in terms of what's happening in the film as opposed to what's happening in the book what it is that's wrong with, with Johnny, whether it's the coma and the car accident that gives him the psychic powers or whether he already has them now, because he's got a headache. <laughs> uh, in the in the book, he has a brain tumour, which is what the dead zone means, and it's going okay, to kill him. Um, but that seems to have been dropped um, quite sensibly. It's a, it's a script that does tidy up a lot of, of, uh, of plot material. Um, but is, is he already uh, seeing the future? Uh, if so he probably would make a very different decision in his next moment than he does.
0: <laughs> I think it's interesting that King himself did several drafts um, on on this film as well but apparently his version featured the, the Castle Rock Killer um, predominantly and was rejected by De Laurentiis for being too complex.
1: It might well have been directed by De Laurentiis for other reasons since, uh, I mean... As as everybody knows, a lot of bad films have been made from Stephen King's um, works, his books and short stories, and Stephen King has written quite a few himself. He's not always the best adapter of his own work. And of course, he directed one too, which <laughs> we do tend to rem- not to remember as fondly
0: as this. Well, certainly Cronenberg uh, described mm. King's version as being needlessly brutal, and I mm. think there's often there's often a chance where he brings mm. the horror in, yeah. Uh, whereas mm. in in this particular film, the horror is left off stage for quite amazing. a long time. It's it's interesting. In fact, at that time, Cronenberg was known for
1: making gruesome, horrible, violent pictures, but also very um, cold, intelligent movies. Whereas this is surprisingly not violent, and also. Extremely extremely emotional it's full of people crying I think everybody in the in the film gets to cry but in that particular Canadian way of holding it back in there are lots of people covering their faces hiding behind windows yeah doing the full manly acting emoting
0: yeah I also think it's a film where a lot of people get what they think they want mm. and then once they get it realize it's not what they wanted yeah. in the first yeah. place I think it's a very interesting mm. uh, a story about lost um, lost emotions mm. and, and lost dreams. Well, speaking of cold films, it was shot in Canada. Yes, so it's, it's always wintry.
1: It, <laughs> the, the, the story seems to take place over several years, uh, several stif- different seasons, but it's always snowing, raining, grey or miserable. Uh, this may well be true of Maine as well. I've never actually spent much time there. Uh, it's, at, uh, the it's a very iconic uh, car. i <laughs> not for the Americans. Yes. <laughs> and here we come to the the ominous car accident which is a a big King theme. Um, that The Pet cemetery is also about car accidents. And, of course, he subsequently suffered very badly in a, a, a recent uh, road accident that didn't leave him in a coma but certainly left him um, having to alter his lifestyle for a, quite a long time. T- I wonder if uh, uh, there has been any kind of Fortean speculation that he was, in this sequence, prophesying you know, uh, what would undoubtedly be the worst moment of his own
0: life be. I mean,
1: maybe you finally met Christine on the road. Yes, or it may also be true that Maine uh, doesn't particularly have a culture that says that drink driving is wrong, <laughs> uh, has really bad street lighting and no pavements to walk on.
0: It's, <laughs> why it's a milk truck milk rather truck. than a liquor truck. Well, <laughs> yeah. originally this was supposed to be a petrol tanker, yeah. um, but Cronen- Cronenberg despite decided to change it into a milk tanker at the last minute. I suppose it's, it's more kind
1: of Cronenbergian in the sense of, uh, you, know, you know, fluid and bodily stuff, but it's also, because it's not, it's not clichéd, it doesn't lead to an explosion. It is the image of the white milk all over the place. Yes, of course, uh, that's that's exactly stronger. what you're expecting when the yeah. car hits. You're yeah.
2: to explode in a ball yeah. of flame.
1: Yeah. Slurge there. <laughs> and this is the, the first of very few moments um, uh, in the film where... Our viewpoint changes, where we're not with Johnny because he's he's knocked out Colt. There's one scene later on where he's not even present. Otherwise, I think, uh, you know, Walken didn't get many days off during the shooting of this because he's in every single sequence. Um, Briefly, um, Sarah's our, our viewpoint character here. And being an American, of course, uh, Johnny's going to have to pay for this financially as well.
0: As well as emotionally. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it is remarkable that, uh, you know, basically Warpens is on screen pretty much <laughs> the whole movie... <laughs> And compared to his later performances, oh, yeah. he's not it, quite the same mannered actor no, at this no, he's, point. Yeah, he's still yeah, he's, learning his his craft, and thank yeah. goodness in this film.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's um, a much less showy than say King of New York or whatever. But I, I'm am a great admirer of, of uh, Walken's full strength performances. Well, he'd already done The Deer Hunter by this yeah. point, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah so. which was, uh, and of course he's the Academy Award winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, Weezak. Five years years later. Five years later, and Weezak. Now, interestingly, Stephen King played a character called Teddy Weezak, um, possibly a relation, who knows, (laughs) um, in the 1994 TV miniseries based on his novel The Stand. I expect that means King knows somebody called Weezak and
1: just just likes the name. Just dredged it up, yeah. Uh, As as a novelist myself, I know that's exactly how you go around naming your minor characters. More snow. And we see five years later, his hairstyle has miraculously changed. Yeah,
0: he hasn't. Yeah, he, ha- he hasn't, no. <laughs> Not even he's thinner, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he limps a bit. Herbert yeah, an Herbert Long, an Interesting piece of, of, of casting, I think. Yeah, it's something that... That is done
1: twice and in this doctors, film with Herbert Lom and later with, with Anthony Zerbe, Cronenberg um, or De or whoever cast actors who are known as villains playing surprisingly sympathetic and complicated characters. I mean, when you watch this movie the first time around, Herbert Lom turns up. You're sure he must be up to he's the mad he's the Cronenberg mad stuff. scientist yeah. and Anthony Zerbe as well always plays bad guys, and so it's almost a surprise. And of course, you get the contrast then with with Martin Sheen, who's an actor. You tend instinctively to like can sympathise with. Of his, who's his the real baby bad baby face, guy? yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yes, because, of course, I mean, Herbert Long, we remember from Ealing comedies like The Lady Killers and playing, yeah. you know, the, the Phantom of the Opera in the Hammer mm. film. Mm. Um, and if anybody had been to see the previous Cronenberg movies, would think, OK, here's the guy in the white coat. He's yeah. mm-hmm. the guy who's been doing the experimenting. Of
1: course, he had played a shrink in uh, The Human Jungle, involved, that TV series, you know, which is kind of a, a, terrible a, a precursor to this role. Do you remember... I think it's one well, of the few um, long performances okay. where he's playing someone essentially wow. of his own nationality as well. vacuum. Yeah. yeah. Well, smashed yeah. up
3: pretty badly.
1: The uh, prime example of Cronenbergian uh, art direction here. <laughs> uh, Carol Spear is the one who always, always works in. Uh, and is this wonderful uh, sort of take as much out of the room as possible. Exactly. It's how you, makes you survive for five background. years in a coma, yeah. isn't it? With just a, a yeah. bowl and a table. Yeah. Well, presumably, he didn't need many pictures in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and the flowers are the stuff that would usually brighten <laughs> things up. I mean, maybe maybe at the beginning, they
0: bothered with all that. Your yeah. parents. Well, Perhaps one wonders where the $7 million budget went on <laughs> yes. this film. Maybe it yeah. went on the tanker crash earlier. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. But... And... Again, something that the film doesn't have to cope with that the novel does is what's actually been happening to him all these years, however it's right. We stay with his viewpoint. This is actually the first time we meet his parents, uh, who are sort of much more important characters in the novel.) Um, uh, the he sort of wakes up to find that his mother, who's gone from being fairly religious to being uh, a ranting lunatic... no one of King's religious fanatics. Yes. It, one wonders if King's own mother made him go to church rather too many times You child. do get that with his character, with it, Carrie White's mother yeah, as well. Yeah. And I suspect for the film, they felt they'd hit all the mad religious mother bases in, in Carrie. So there was no need to go over that material again. I think... Yeah, you know, the 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 bit players here are oh, actually quite I'm affecting and rather chance. rather good. Remember
3: what we discussed, Mrs. Smith,
1: please. At the time, <laughs> it was odd to have a Cronenberg film where the hero was called Johnny Smith as well, because he always has a fondness for uh, more really outrageous tracks. character names. A typical early Cronenberg oh, no. protagonist is called Adrian Tripod.
0: <laughs> But, again, very much a, a King thing to name his, his character after an everyman, yeah. uh, a, a very prosaic yeah. name.
1: Yeah. Uh, I always think that King writes, writes wonderfully about ordinary people in a very non-patronising way, but often in the film adaptions it comes out as being TV movie stuff, yeah. uh, things that read very well, play very, pat, very yeah, as if all his characters need to be played by Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah.
2: Yes. What about Sarah?
1: And of course, the big shock now that uh, <laughs> that she didn't wait for him. That's oh. not from your thoughts, John. She's turned her back on you. She cleaves now onto another man, a husband. That's the single vestigial trace of the religious fanatic plot there. Oh, I <laughs> I
0: think it's interesting use of dialogue, words like it. cleaves, <laughs> <Yeah>. very biblical.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and more covering the face for the big emotional scenes. Which I suspect is a is a Cronenberg trait here. Uh, this being the first film he's made, which is, involves a lot of sobbing.
0: Here we are, more wintry scenes yes. of uh, Ontario. <laughs>
1: yeah. And this, we're quarter of an hour in, but this is where the actual um, Stephen King stuff starts. You know, this, this scene is the... Uh, uh, the first supernatural event,
0: or uh, I don't know, do, do we think this is a supernatural film or a science fiction film, or is that a debate we need to have? It depends where his powers come from, and mm. I think in, in this film we never actually find out. Obviously, his mm. mother thinks um, they're from God, uh, uh, Weisak, Dr. Wisack thinks they're from science, mm. so um, I who think knows? Cronenberg has almost never used the supernatural in his
1: work, and King has surprisingly rarely done so. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, this could be seen as just a psychic powers type story, like Scanners, which King had, re- uh,
0: which Cronenberg had recently done. Exactly. And here we have uh, the first demonstration of Johnny's power. Um, you know, interesting effect, I think. Yeah, the, the boiling fishbowl is very striking. Apparently, um, Christopher Walken stood up in the bed. Um, <laughs> uh, the rest of his body was. Uh, was basically uh, under the made out of asbestos mm. under the sheets. So only his head and shoulders were, were exposed in the flaming bed. But then again, those are real flames. Yes. I mean, they set fire to that set. Yeah. Um, and apparently, because of problems with the shot, including one of the set dressers putting an ET doll in without permission, they had to shoot this entire sequence three times. I uh, bet he was popular. Well, I think the young girl was, was pretty hysterical yeah. by the time it was over.
1: Amy's screaming. It's and this. Makes him out to be a much scarier character than he later turns to be. Yeah, you can see from her point of view, he's almost a baddie. Yeah. Also, we have a flash of the Christopher yeah.
0: Walken performance we know yes. now there yeah. as well.
1: One thing that, that kind of bothers me about this is... I know it makes sense, but him telling her that doesn't affect anything. She, The, kid, the girl's already been rescued by the time she shows up. Which you would think he would know. Right? Yeah. Um,
3: the first uh, order of business is getting your body back into shape.
1: Now, now the logical reasons for the wearing of this brace yeah. is because it's a, a good a recuperative thing. It may well also be an attempt of toning down the performance. It's
0: well, holding his brain in place <laughs> yeah. after five years. Not for really long. <laughs> not Once again, as you point out in the set design, there's nothing on the yeah. mental at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just this bare room yeah. with two chairs. Next, oh, there's a picture. A picture yeah. <laughs> Your
3: therapy will be long and painful. But you will walk. <sighs> Thank you.
1: And here we're into another uh, flashback. He's seen the present, now he's seeing the past. Later he'll see the future.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, this was set in World War II Poland, and apparently uh, they originally were going to film this in the former Yugoslavia. Um, but unfortunately, because of production costs, they were eventually shot uh, at night in an abandoned brickworks just outside Toronto <laughs> yeah, to obviously yeah. save on that Dino De Laurentiis budget. Yes, I,
1: well, they've got a tank and an armoured
0: car, but you'll see them in every single shot. <laughs> uh, well, apparently, during the filming of these scenes, an extra was badly burned around the crotch oh, right. in an accident involving one of these explosive squibs. Uh, how unfortunate. Yes,
1: yes. But actually,
0: it, it, it shows.
1: That David Cronenberg is a is a professional director as well as a crazed visionary, and I think this is the 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 job he took. He, he came off Videodrome, a very personal film that hadn't done well, and I think this was his job of work film, and he just. As it's almost an advert for his skills. Uh, you know, well, it's very unusual to make see a, a proper film, a Cronenberg
0: yeah. movie with like of masses of extras and big yeah. explosive scenes. This yeah. is not a Cronenberg we've yeah. we've been used to with yeah. Rapid and mm. Videodrome yeah. and Shivers and the other movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's saying, yes, look, mm. he's yeah. for the showreel.
1: Yeah, his he's he's an upset mother. You know, you don't get those in his
2: <laughs> films, do they? Boy it's safe. <laughs>
0: And again, apparently, originally, as originally conceived by Cronenberg, uh, these scenes were meant to happen when uh, Johnny was strolling in the hospital grounds mm. and the battle was going yes. on in the grounds around mm. him. Um, but again, in post-production, Cronenberg changed his mind yes. again. Either that or
1: Christopher Walken right? thought being burned once is enough <laughs> for this.
3: Tell me, what, what about the boy? You keep saying, the boy's safe, the boy safe. What boy? You. You are the boy. I am the boy. She saved you. She's alive, Sam. Mm. Who? Your mother.
1: It's no. actually quite That's economical, the, uh, um, the scripting here. It's yeah. conveying some quite complicated bits of information. I mean, this is the, the, you know, the, the job man, of an adapter, to, to pare out uh, uh, masses novel. of material in the novel to, to make this one that? quite affecting scene. <sighs>
3: I'm scared, Sam.
1: What's happening to me? Yeah, this is almost the only time in the film where he uh, sees something good. You know, the rest of it is all to do with disaster and misery. He's actually found out a, a nice thing rather than a bad thing. Uh, the rest of the time, all his visions are horrible. I
0: think it's a very neat way of showing how his powers can work for both good and evil, and both past and present. I think it's an interesting way of getting that information across in a very tight setting. May sound. I speak to... M- I also feel that this... There's a bit of character
1: development here with, with Herbert Lom where he doesn't speak to his mother after contacting her. That doesn't ring true, but it means that we don't have to go down a whole extra bit of plot. Um, which, of
0: course, King would do in the novel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Introduce yet another
2: character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But we're not also, we're not used to seeing Herbert Lom in, in scenes that are upsetting.
0: Uh <laughs> it's an example of what I said earlier as well where basically people get what they wish for mm. and perhaps didn't really mm. want it in the first yeah. place I'm not sure about this
1: it was not meant to be business that comes up now yeah, that, that, that strikes me as being a, a, an old fashioned conservative horror movie yeah, it's the classic seen monster seen. movie Warning: man was yeah, not meant to know such know things um, but if uh, it's all right to use your uh, your psychic visions in order to, uh, you know, prevent the end of the world. And surely it's all right to reunite your doctor
0: with his long um, lost mother. Well, I think it's interesting that Lom refers to it as a new human ability, which mm. actually is a throwback to that that wonderful Cronenberg mutant that yeah. we see in the <laughs> earlier right. films. Yeah. yeah, maybe it is an emerging talent yeah. that uh, mm. Johnny's got mm. before the rest of us. Yeah. And it, it kind of ties in with that rabid and the brood yeah. type well, idea. Well, particularly scanners, which is all about developing mental
1: powers. I mean, exactly. A, it, it wouldn't be too difficult. To tie in, in, in yeah, you know, uh, this is Scanners one and a half, yeah, you know, between Scanners and the various crap sequels they made. No, I didn't.
3: I. Um, she came to the phone, but I, I, I just couldn't talk to her.
0: I... No, I just don't
1: believe this. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> not all those years. Yeah. I don't know, as I say, it's it's almost mm. you know, the, the it's a talent he has, but it's a curse, yeah. not a blessing. It wasn't but
1: it's it's also there is this theme that runs throughout the the, the film and also through King's work of, of mothers. Yeah. Come on, easy now, keep it moving. Keep it moving, come on. Wait down near and now at last we're outside again. <laughs> keep it keep yeah. it Back in that wintry it's Canadian. Still cold, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's it. And uh, this uh, fellow here is, is one of the prime examples of the oot and boot school of uh, Canadian bit-part players who turn up to uh, uh, break the illusion that this is the United States. Uh, um, very common in, in uh, early 80s, exploitation pictures shot in Canada pretending to be America. See you when I get back. Johnny. And another new hairstyle uh,
0: to indicate passage of time. They told me you were outside. I am. Nice moment there, cos he's referring to something else. He's he's outside of of humanity (laughs) now. I think he's deliberately misinterpreting Sarah's (laughs) observation. Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting character move there. Uh, the camera moves in order to establish that these people are standing still yeah, <laughs> rather than uh, to, uh, to show that these are people who aren't moving rather than the other way around. Call it a coma diet. Mm-hmm. Lose weight the extra in the background speak. is there to, to break up the fact that this is a scene of two people talking to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More exposition. Yeah.
3: I heard that. I think you'd like
0: him. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's another one of those. I believe she'd say that, but,
0: but uh, I think uh, certainly... I, I mean, think it's like we, It goes with, I'm leaving you with your own good.
1: That's right. I'm sure all the
0: rest of us in the audience <laughs> think mean, we already hate this guy. We later find out that he's an idiot as well. But, uh, I mean, it's interesting, again, he's kept off stage pretty much until the, the, the last
2: part of yeah, the movie. If, I don't know if we ever find out. His,
0: oh, no, we do find out his name. Yeah. yeah. Ten months. You know he's untrustworthy by the time you get to the end.
3: Yeah. Glad for you.
1: I think we're about to get an explosion of acting.
0: Once again, I like the way that you know she underplays this entire role. And uh, she's a, a, an actress who really should deserve better in her career.
1: Well, There just weren't parts for yeah, interesting women in the 80s. Tragic, but true. Um, it's also true now. Yeah. I think if you look at, um, you know, all, say, all these Stephen King pictures from the early 80s, the leading men are still stars, the leading women are struggling.
0: Yeah, that's true. And except
1: David quite Soul, quite of course. Right.
0: <laughs> it's my idea, remember? A...
1: Yeah, I mean Jack Nicholson's still on top. Shelley Duvall sure. doesn't get much work except as a character actress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're co-billing on The Shining. Yeah, that's right.
1: John Travolta is is where he <laughs> is. Sissy Spacek, although as we're recording this is in is um, up for an Academy Award type about. picture. She hasn't worked that much in the last ten years because you have the power of second sight. Is it true, Johnny? <laughs> and Amy Irving had to make Carrie too.
3: <laughs> I keep thinking about a line from a book. It's the legend of Sleepy Hollow.
0: The last thing. You I sleepy hollow yes. Again, very mm-hmm. interesting.
1: The accident. Also, hones in on actually what is the emotional core of, of the,
0: the Irving story.
3: As he was a bachelor, and in nobody's debt, nobody troubled their head about him anymore.
0: Was he talking about his own character yes. here mm-hmm. as well? Now, mm-hmm. he's making <laughs> a break from his past. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit more crying, but behind glass and rain. Uh, uh, I suspect it's because. Cronenberg's making a film with much more emotion than he's used to, but he doesn't want to overdo it. He doesn't want no, he to hit the slush. No, yeah. So every time people cry, they turn away from I personally think it's much more affecting, but I've always been an admirer of the quieter,
3: more ironic tone. I don't approve. The press has been hounding me since I woke up. I want to get it over with. Once you've said something like this in motion...
0: You know, it's interesting that they both say they got what they wanted mm. Mm. and neither is very happy yeah. with that decision.
1: It's already in motion. In fact, this you is a film full it. of miserable people. <laughs> went
3: over there and put it out and that's, that's all there is. Clement Dardis, WJGETV. What happened This to the,
1: is the uh, Peter girl. Dvorsky, the slimy creep actor, started. who was just the slimy creep in drum, obviously. Yeah. One of several Cronenberg regulars to, to pop up throughout Experience. this.
0: Yes, he does have that, um, that, that little group of players he likes yeah. to keep using. No.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How about a demonstration, John? A what? No, a demonstration? Um, got well, any- again, the journalist pushes yeah. and pushes and pushes mm-hmm. for the demonstration, and when he gets it, finally... He's not happy with the results.
1: It's interesting. Again, this is... I don't think it's with this character, but there's a, a whole um, huge thing about journalism novel. in the um, in the novel that's more or less reduced to this one scene.
2: Um,
1: but it's the character who later the Miguel Ferrer plays in The Night Flyer appears first in in, in the novel in this. Obviously, King has, has some grudge against tabloid journalism at some point. I don't know if there's ever been yeah, a sleazy horror writer from Maine expose <laughs> to, oh, that he's uh, taken uh, against. The National Enquirer <laughs> went after
0: <laughs> his uh, daughter for a while. Ah, so. right.
1: Oh, well. But presumably. This was, this was written before then so, yes, it was. so he struck first. Uh, maybe of course the, the other thing is, is King at this time was not just a novelist, he was a, uh, a school teacher so naturally he probably thought of uh, you know, the, the uh, downgrading of American literary values by the, 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 uh,
0: the newspapers as a bad thing. Right, and then how would that explain his novels being next to those national flyers yes, exactly. in, in the supermarket? Yes,
1: I think certainly uh, yeah, he must have an enormous crossover readership with those people. But I think that he's always aspired, he's always wanted up yeah, rather than down. Yeah. In fact, one of the strange things about King, okay. such a popular writer, okay. is he sometimes seems to have a sort of contempt for not ordinary people, but regular people. It's, yeah, he's very afraid of poor people. All his monsters tend to be poverty-stricken or lower class. So I think very significant is that story, um, Sometimes They Come Back, about the teacher being bullied by the juvenile delinquents or even uh, in... in uh, the, the body, there's that whole thing about the tough kids. Maybe he just had a hard time... I think mean he just had a hard a time at school yeah, with, those, right. yeah, with those glasses. Yeah, you always you always think of him sitting at the back and like, God, if I had to kill a car they wouldn't pick on me. <laughs> yeah. If I could see the future then they'd, <laughs> they'd shut, shut up.
0: up. Of course, Brooke Adams in, sometimes they come back as well. Yes, of course. The second uh, King uh, yeah. movie credit. <laughs> and
1: sometimes they do come back. Very <laughs> <laughs> briefly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the hospital
2: scene.
0: It's Johnny. Oh. I come to the
2: end of the first act. Yeah, Leave your boots outside the door, They don't go checking. all over the house.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the film's going to have an mm. interesting structure, which we yeah. see as he goes along. Mm. Not necessarily the usual structure
2: mm. for. Amazing.
1: But very much the usual structure for adapting a Stephen King. What we've basically got here is a four-part TV series. Uh, each act actually has a special guest star. You know, tonight on the Dead Zone, Tom Skerritt. Uh, we have a self-contained story. There is there is a progression. Overall, from the you know the personal to the, the you know this is the crime one, uh, and then we get the the soap one, and then we get the political one, one at the end. Uh, I understand that the the project Let's has been try. revived as a, a TV series. Yes. Yeah. These days, of course, it would have gone straight to mini series first and bypassed you know, any theatrical release.
0: Now, Tom Skerritt we've got, who's another one of my favourite actors Mm -hmm. and, uh, again, somebody who's woefully underused in Mm -hmm. movies, um, Mm -hmm. although he did end up playing another small-town lawman in the TV series Picket Fences, Mm. but, of course, we know him from films like Alien and Big Bad Mama. Yes, well,
1: his his breakthrough movie was MASH, of course. Yes.
0: And he was the the, the guy who didn't immediately
1: immediately become a star. He didn't become Donald Sutherland or Elliot Gould, but both of those guys are having trouble finding work, and uh, Tom Skerritt's been in... Yeah, hit movies every couple of years. That Top Gun he was in. I now mean, uh,
0: he's a, he's good jobbing actor. Yeah, good he's solid, always out there. Yeah, no, uh,
1: character guy. He's, know he's, he's, know. He's, he's yeah, effortlessly commands the screen. Has the he's he's who you need to play your dad or the cop, a the solid yeah. cop, yeah. the good cop. Yeah,
0: I mean, interestingly, Cronenberg wanted Hal Holbrook for the role of Sheriff George Bannerman originally, but De Laurentiis, who apparently had casting control, <laughs> rejected the suggestion because he'd never even heard of Hal Holbrook. <laughs> uh, we're sometimes <laughs> worrying about producers. Yes, well. And the character appears in
1: Cujo as well, doesn't he? He does it? indeed. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sandy Ward played him in that. But in fact, he gets killed in yeah. by
1: the rapid dog in so Cujo. And um, then the was... other sheriff, the one the one who's played by Ed Harris
0: in Needful Things yes. and Michael Rooker
1: in. in you could the... probably plot into all the sheriffs of yeah. Castle Hill. Yeah.
0: And in fact, of course, I'm mean, Castle Rock rather. And of yeah. course, Castle Rock is, is King's fictional town. We had set quite a number of his. Mm. Uh, and this is its debut, isn't it? We start, I, I believe It's yeah. the first time yeah. we've seen it in a movie. Yeah. Yes.
1: But I think it was, it was the novel was the first time we went there in a book as well. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm. i have exhausted about every conventional method of approach to this. Situation.
1: And, of course, Castle Rock is a place where very bad I've things happen. At the moment, they've got a, a serial killer running loose. They seem, it I is basically be uh, a sort of psycho
0: uh, segment here. Yeah. Mm. Well, for me, certainly, I think one of the strongest mm. portions of the movie. I, this is mm. when I first saw this. I, I always loved this section the best. And I, I, actually, I always wish it was a bit longer. Um, I prefer this to yeah. the, the political I, section at the end. Mr
3: Smith. I noticed that there is she was a good some, woman.
0: There's some quite clever
1: Christian stuff woman. in here that just basically Not a um, man myself, implies stuff without going into it too much.
3: But I will say this... We
1: have the religious theme coming back again, very unusual well, for a Cronenberg film. It's uh, bless you, much more familiar sure, in, in, in a King picture. And, of course, here's the, the, the rant, here's the Christopher Walken <laughs> that you've come end. to know and love. <laughs>
3: you know what God did for me? Yeah. He threw an 18-wheel
0: truck at me. Bounced me into nowhere He's
1: got a point. Hands. Oh, yeah, no. he's, and, I, and he's very good at this hitting the particular word. Pick it out of this. I'm sure he goes through his scripts and underlines the words he's going to hit.
3: God's been a real sport to me.
0: It's nice to see the underplaying from yes. the other two actors. Yes,
1: because they know there's no way they can beat this guy. Mm. All
3: right. <laughs> If you change your mind, you know
1: where I am. And as we have that thing that uh, always used to be true, isn't now, that whenever you saw a television set in an American film, the, the picture reception seemed to be really terribly awful. There's a technical reason why it was difficult to film a TV image. But, uh, also, of course, American television is, is uh, hideous. <laughs> uh, never the same You mean colour. the technical quality? Yes. yes. And <laughs> uh, One, well, See what Here's another Cronenberg uh, regular, Nicholas Campbell. Yes, from Fast
0: Company and The Brood, and later
1: in Naked Lunch, of course. Yeah, yeah, and, and so he's still working with Cronenberg. I think he's what, has the you know, <laughs> longest professional relationship.
0: That murder. Well, again, apparently Cronenberg really wanted Nicholas Campbell to play the role of Johnny because uh, he was worried that Walken was too old for the role. Yeah, that's, it, it would be an interesting choice. It would be a different film. I think this is... I think it would a very different film, you know, This yeah. is
1: um, also, this is the first Chromebook film which stars a bunch of actors you've heard of. Yes, Previously, you'd get, you'd get with. one familiar name. And Barbara and he, yeah, or or Samantha Egger, Oliver, Edgar, Oliver or Reed. Yeah. 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 The rest of it would be, you know, Patrick uh, McGowan in, in, in sure. Scouts. Yeah. He'd, he'd use unknown Canadians because he liked that. Here he's working with, you know, solid you know, character-type actors. The sort of people you saw on TV a lot. Um, and he's a good he's always been a good director well, of actors uh, uh, because he's worked in a kind of despised you know, genre um, of I think actors in Cronenberg well, well, films well, tend to not to have been recognised for their fine work yeah, Jeremy Irons really should have got the Academy Award for Dead Ringers as opposed to Reversal of Fortune the, the uh, year later yes. which he walked through I noticed in fact in uh, his acceptance speech he credited David Cronenberg exactly. before <laughs> the, the director of uh, Reversal of Fortune uh, Bobby Schroeder and other Cronenberg uh, movies have had very strong odd performances. Uh, James Woods in Videodrome. video drama. I should
3: snow
0: for Christmas. I think that's very true. I think you know, if you look at something like Nicholas Campbell and some of the other films he's made, and particularly the nineteen seventies version of mm. the Shape of Things to Come, oh, yes. nowhere <laughs> near yeah. the same kind of performance that Cronenberg gets out of him. Mm. again, I think it's nice the way the script keeps playing with these characters, you know, mm-hmm. bringing them on stage, then taking them out of the story for a while, and then bringing back one of the mm-hmm. earlier stories. And here we you know we're going to see uh, Sarah again.
1: <laughs> here we have another, one of those King kids who turn up in all Stephen King films.
2: I brought you a visitor.
3: I didn't know you were coming.
1: I think this is, a, in fact, a rare sure Stephen King myself. film where the, the, uh, the child isn't I'm even glad. a viewpoint character. If
3: I'd known you were coming, I'd...
0: I'd a but cle- he's still put in jeopardy later on in the yes. film. Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Although that's something that King didn't approve of. You yeah. You know, he that's thought it exactly. should have
0: been an extra. Uh...
1: Yeah.
3: I still got the limp.
2: Is your father home?
0: I must say, I've always found this sequence is more about Sarah finding closure with her relationship with Johnny. Yeah. Um, and he also, yeah. obviously, the one time he, he can experience a yes. proper family yeah. group. Yeah, But it always seems a little mean-spirited to me. I, yeah, this. I always
1: think it's probably disastrous for him. Yes, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think he must, he must <laughs> yeah. feel
0: terrible at the end of this little yeah. sequence. It's
1: cold. Um, it oh, may wait. well be that... that
2: uh,
0: Brooke Adams is playing this character as nicer than, objectively, <laughs> it was written. she is. Well, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nicer than it was written. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly something very mean-spirited about, like, f- you know flaunting the baby in front of him yeah. and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and even having sex with him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Once, and then okay. going
1: away. And going back to the, the, the twit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you sleep? You see, he didn't clean up, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Last time we were alone together, you said some things were worth waiting for.
0: Now it is interesting that I think any director nowadays would put this scene in, would put the sex yes. scene in. Yeah. yeah. And, in and
1: fact, you have to confirm it in dialogue later that it's actually happened. Because yeah. it is
0: interesting. That you get yeah. the build-up and then you kind of wait yeah. to the meal, and that's mm. it. Yeah. Which probably makes, makes us a bit more about Cronenberg than...
1: Yeah, he doesn't often direct. Uh, gratuitous sex and violence. Although he, he's, he's done a lot of sex and violence, but it tends not to be gratuitous. We'll talk about it. There is one gratuitous moment yes, in which this will come film to later, <laughs> which again is odd for Cronenberg. Yeah. You quite rightly point yeah. out. Uh, but of course, this is the only film he's done that uh, somebody else has genuinely been calling the shots. Absolutely, is and 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 also his first film based on another source mm. as well, a lot yeah. of his own stories.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, he has
1: no script credit on this, and even the other work he's done based on other people's stories,
2: he's at least co-written.
0: Well, apparently in this case, uh, he and, and Jeffrey Boehm and, and producer Deborah Hill locked themselves in a hotel room mm-hmm. to thrash out all the various versions of the script. So I'm sure it was a collaborative effort mm. at the end of the day. Yeah, but he like, does, as he all takes films are, credit. obviously. They're, they're,
2: they're, they're <laughs> I made that for John
3: the night he was born. That's oh, an excellent chair. So, what have you two been up to all day?
1: Yes, the the single character trait that Johnny's dad has is he makes things. <laughs> uh, he is indeed a smith, of course. Uh, uh, you know, King never King logicality again to to spare the obvious in some ways. Yeah, uh, we find out that he makes bookshelves. <laughs> I always wonder what Sarah told her husband she's exactly. doing today. I'm going to have sex with my old boyfriend and cook him dinner. <laughs> yeah. well, that's nice. Fine, I'll go out and campaign for a fascist.
3: With my cuisine. <laughs> for what we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly grateful. Amen.
1: These days, if you saw that in a movie, it would signify that the guy was a psychopath. You never see. Uh, as it were, Christians in films, who aren't really scary.
0: And again, an interesting thing to see in a Cronenberg movie as well. uh,
1: Although, of course, the mother was a scary Christian, uh, but the father is salt-of-the-earth, good, solid, main stock. Um, Interestingly, of course, King was brought up by his mother and didn't know his father, so he idealises father figures. Yes, the father figure. um, uh, He's himself a very devoted father. Um, But mothers are much more complicated, ambiguous and often frightening.
3: I'm going to see you again.
0: Not like today. Probably a good thing. I yes. It's <laughs> yes. miserable enough now. Well, yes. <laughs> it
1: don't say. I'll just go lock myself in that same that. house. <laughs> yeah. I'll
3: just say good night.
0: This is about as close to romanticism as we're going to get with the Cronenberg <laughs> yep, movie. that's right. <laughs>
1: Oh, until the fly, of course, which... Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 an interesting where, where, coupling. Well, at least she kills him for him at the end, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, Crash is about how to save a marriage as well. Um, OK, these are not healthy relationships, yeah. Kim. I would argue that the marriage <laughs> in Crash is very healthy. <laughs> they will go to any lengths to keep it going.
3: The man claims <laughs> to be the director, of well, accident guess accident. I'll hit the hay. Home. I'm going to watch some
1: Here we are, the news item bringing us back to the story. Have you noticed how in, in movies, whenever anybody actually pays attention to television, it's a
0: news item that's of relevance to them? And it's just that one, and then yes. they cut to something else. Yeah, <laughs> The interesting thing about this was uh, apparently, uh, in, in, again, in the original version, the, the, they, they used a photo of, of Debbie Lindemann, the, the, the murder victim, um, who was actually played, oh, portrayed in still photography by um, Kathy Scorsese, the 17-year-old daughter of director Martin, who actually worked on this film um, with the special effects department for a week. But again, she was cut out in the, in the final version, and they, they showed the news footage instead.
1: I know that Martin Scorsese is a great admirer of David Cronenberg. wrote a very interesting uh, essay about him. The
3: most recent victim of this
1: shocking. Uh, are we to assume that he's actually having those psychic flashes
0: as well, or just the I'm headaches? sure there was another scene originally in there which is was missing again.
1: Yeah, or maybe it's the the remains of that brain tumor that he had in the novel that. <laughs> um, they may well have at least at some point decided to
2: include.
1: <laughs> S- subliminal reminder of his horrible accident there with the drinking milk.
2: Next on News Yeah, I never bad, noticed that. Extremely before.
1: bad jacket. <laughs> Maybe this is what Maine's local television looks like.
0: And again, according to Cronenberg, this guy playing the newscaster had real trouble getting his words out <laughs> around the things like the, the, the Castle Rock Killer and, uh, and things like this. And apparently they had to keep doing this take over and over and over again. Um, but the little, the little ad-lib at the end was his own, apparently, and they kept it in. Very
1: good shot. <laughs> oh, as I said, for me, this yeah. is this is the most
0: interesting segment of the movie now.
1: This was the image they used on the poster, which is odd, because it's basically three people walking through a tunnel. It doesn't actually... It doesn't say anything about the yeah. film at but all. But we assume that this is a dead zone. Yeah. It's a zone where somebody's dead, for yeah. a start.
3: <laughs> he stood right here. Found a lot of cigarette butts, same brand. Eight or nine butts here.
0: I think it's a very interesting playing here from Nicholas Campbell as well, yeah. who gives nothing away yeah. in, in, in this yeah. scene.
3: Touched. A oh, worn. Uh, Frank, give me that package.
1: I'm not sure if he's superstitious enough to uh, <laughs> avoid
0: touching Johnny. Well, again, he's wearing yeah. gloves, and I think yeah. it's been established um, yeah, elsewhere right. in the film it's that he has to have physical movie. contact yeah. with the skin. Yeah. Same
1: brand as then the again, it's cold. It's <laughs> cold.
0: And one assumes, of course, he would yeah. get nothing from this because it's an inanimate object. Yes, yeah. Um, but he, he
1: yes, yeah, suddenly he's able to ha- um, psychometrize as well as. Yeah, as, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, strange there because that. that's again, never been pointed out to so far. Other, that other psychics that. can do this. Of course, this was also before the the great days of product placement. Uh, So, uh, as it were, the the company doesn't want the cigarette packet to be associated with the mass (laughs) murder. These days you can do negative product placement. You'd you'd approach a rival brand of cigarettes and say, could you please please establish
0: that our biggest competitor is the brand smoked by the Castle Rock killer? By the Castle Rock killer. (laughs) In fact, you'd have Castle Rock cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's interesting, you know, that um, years after King had written the novel, um, the widow, the widow of a real psychic a guy called Peter Herkos, um, she claimed that her long-dead husband was responsible for the, the crash when Stephen King was hit by a minivan in 1999 because he had stolen her husband's life story for this book. He apparently maintained that he had gained his psychic powers after being in a coma following an accident, uh, but unfortunately, although he was mentioned in the book, uh, the family never got paid. So in many respects, you could say this was based on a real, on a true story. Yeah, I'm extent. not
1: a, well. As a novelist, I think that uh, what you do with it is what counts. I don't think you pay who you, who inspires
0: your story. <laughs> well, one hopefully as a novelist, you yes. always take your your characters and your situations yeah. from real life and then extrapolate. Well, yes. Yeah, oh, it would be absurd for Alan Moore to have to pay Jack the Ripper for writing from hell. <laughs> but then, do we see? Do we see this becoming, you know, um, Johnny Smith's psychic detective for the TV series? Yes, yeah, so I suspect that's it. They'll extend this a lot. Every week he'll talk. But then
1: again, haven't we had rather a lot of those TV shows, none of which have done terribly well, like Millennium, involving semi-psychic guys, uh, tra- tracking serial killers. Of course, back then we weren't quite as fed up to the back teeth of of small town serial killers as we are now. Uh, In Embryo this is a Millennium episode. It even looks like one.
2: Yeah, I know this girl.
3: Her name's Alma Freshette. She works at the uh, coffee pot cafe across the way there.
1: Your idea, George, to have a psychic Of course, even though Tom Skerritt seems like the wonderful man of integrity and insight, he still hasn't noticed that his uh, best mate's a psychopathic murderer. Small town, you, Small you should town. never tell a policeman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe his only job he could get. Yeah, it's perfect for yeah, it. Right. <laughs>
0: And they obviously don't believe in roping off their crime scenes. Yes, Yes, it does seem that everybody's been able to walk over this place,
1: but... uh... But, I suppose, again, back then, we knew less about these type of crimes or, indeed, about how they were investigated. Uh, uh, this is well before uh, Thomas Harris and, and uh, the numberless movies about serial killers, and, indeed, serial killers and psychics. It's
0: almost, almost a, but, again, you can see why maybe mm. King would have wanted to expand yes. this sequence mm. almost into a film in itself, mm. and I think mm. it would have been a very interesting mm. film. The
2: problem
1: is it's only got one suspect. But <laughs>
2: oh. Oh.
1: It uh, even works with dead people, which is interesting. You'd
0: think it'd be a little more blurry, yeah. a little bit more yeah. faint, but no apparently.
1: And we have the fairly traditional misterioso music from Michael Kamen.
2: Uh, oh I'm waiting
3: for you! About- we probably only had eight
0: yeah, it, it, weeks to record the entire yeah, score.
2: What? Yeah. Right. She knows it. Now,
0: do we recognise immediately it's him? I, I, I don't know. I think we've only been given a certain yeah. number of suspects at this yeah. point. Mm. But it's interesting, again, this is one of the rare occasions where we actually see Johnny inside his yeah. own vision.
2: Come up here to the gazebo.
0: I think by this time, any astute viewer will probably <laughs> yes. have worked out what's yeah. going on.
1: She knows and then, And, of course, that's a... Um, a double meaning as well, That's because good. somebody else she knows, knows Dodd as well, uh, which becomes more important in the next sequence. All right. The uh, well, Castle Rock killer doesn't seem to be taking that many precautions with <laughs> no, not being it's
0: seen the of the afternoon in, and in broad, broad daylight. daylight. yes. Yeah. You like that hmm. word, Alan? come
2: here. Come here. Look at this. Jesus, you. Let go of me. Is this your idea of a joke? No joke.
0: <laughs> this That's, strikes me as being gratuitous. Exactly. Um, but the other thing about it is, I think for a moment there, it just distracts the viewer mm. before Cronenberg reveals who the killer's yeah. identity is. Yeah.
1: It feels like an imposition on on the director rather than an artistic decision, doesn't it?
0: It it does seem... It seems more like a Dino De Laurentiis
1: Mm. uh, insert shot uh, than a Cronenberg.
2: I stood there. I saw his face.
1: Oh, and it's what they mean when they say gratuitous nudity, isn't it? There's no reason for it at all, exactly. Uh, in fact, when you, when you, you see the uh, the dead girl, her clothes aren't dead. torn and missing. It Maybe it was reshot in order to
2: get...
1: It's interesting. Yeah. I, say,
0: I, th- I think yeah. there's a very good moment there, where basically mm. you, you see her being revealed, and then suddenly it cuts away yeah. and then cuts back. Mm. And it's, almost, it's almost subliminal there. You God? think, mm. is it really him? Mm. And Of course, now they're going to find out he's not around mm. anymore. He just uh, took off in your car, Sheriff. Oh Here's the other deputy. Here. Yeah, yeah. Castle Rock <laughs> yes. not seen. Obviously, not not the brightest
1: tool <laughs> in the box. <laughs> yeah. I saw his
2: face.
1: <laughs> and this is the the first of the many uh, evil, haunted, uh, monster-filled old houses in Castle Rock. Uh, it's probably not a good town to be a real estate agent in. Is it? I don't know. I expect the real
0: estate comes up <laughs> quite often, actually, because most of the families <laughs> have been wiped out. <laughs> In fact, the whole the whole town was wiped out in a later book. <laughs> I think this again is interesting because now Bannerman's got his killer. He's again not very happy with the truth. He's mm-hmm. not he's not satisfied, even though Johnny's told him um, um, who the killer is, and he's always behaving antagonistically mm-hmm. towards Johnny at, the, at this point.
1: Yeah, there's also the the, the possibility that once it's revealed that he, his closest associate's the murderer, he's not going to look that great. He's got that good anyway, because after right. all,
0: he's a sheriff. He'll be up for election. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we said earlier, he's not going to survive much longer because yes. the rapid dog is going to get him. Yeah. Uh, Colleen Dewhurst. Yes, American uh, actress. Yeah. Uh, Twice married to George C. Scott. Yeah. And uh, did a couple of yeah. interesting pictures. Annie Hall, When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. She's quite good in When a Stranger Calls. Yes, it's uh, our, her it's, other genre credit, I think. Uh, yeah. And she died in 1991, oh, sadly.
1: Yeah, She's basically playing Norman Bates' mum as if she was still around. Still around, Yeah. And we get that thing here that, that Hitchcock does in Psycho of characterising the murderer by what we see of his house. And, ne- and his we, mother as well. We never find out... Yeah, what his trauma is, why he does all this stuff. But we see, like, he's working out equipment and his toys and all that kind of stuff, and you just get the sense there's something a bit off about this guy. Uh, the, the lighting in the house is also scary psycho lighting.
0: Yeah. There's Mario Bar with some of those yes. Green Joes yeah. in there. Yeah, it's, uh, again, uh, not a usual approach for Cronenberg. But again, obviously, he decided this is the House of Horrors. Once yeah. we're inside, you know, it's it yeah. one different turf again. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: And again, I think it's, what's nice about this is the second revelation. Not only is he the yeah. murderer, but she yeah. knew all along. Yes, it's
1: the, the repeated line almost, she knows him. She kno- she, yeah. Uh, you knew all the time.
0: <laughs> and again, the very psycho-like, the walk yes. up the stairs. walk up the stairs.
1: I'm not sure what these scissors are actually for, apart from committing suicide. How uh, oh, medical scissors are they, which yes. again is you know Cronenberg's fascination with yes. medical
0: implements. Maybe yeah. uh, yes. mm. it started here. Yeah. Mm. And a cheap shot there for a cheap shock effect. Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, see, there's the the, the freestanding weights.
0: So you know he's a crazy oh, yeah. guy because oh, oh, he works right. out. Yeah. Anyone
1: who works out and but still has his his cowboy wallpaper from being a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up. Yeah, and here's uh, the infamous
0: scissor scene. Yeah. Um, which is obviously cut in, in quite a lot of the TV prints. And it uh, was probably originally... Well, so the, the latest shots from mm. this were originally cut probably in the, in the original British release mm. of this movie, but, of course, are mm. back here in the DVD.
1: Yeah, Cronenberg, uh, of course, is well-known for having yeah some of the most horrible scenes in, in films. This is quite mild for him, but it's the only moment of extreme violence in, in this picture. Often Cronenberg will do that. He'll do
0: one shocking thing. And even though we don't see the scissors yeah. going in, we know exactly what's yeah. going to happen there. yeah.
1: I, I, technically, it strikes me as a rather difficult way of committing suicide. Uh, not particularly pleasant. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, 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 Let's see, the toys, toys yeah. yeah. And the mm-hmm. cowboy wallpaper yeah. there. Mm-hmm. We know he's repressed. Yes. It would be, like, be great to take apart that, that case on the right-hand yeah. side there and see what exactly what toys Cronenberg yes. put in there. <laughs> yeah. Presumably not E.T. toys.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: bit of suspense build-up, also something Cromo doesn't do that often. Frank.
0: Again, I expect the audience are waiting for him to spring out with those mm. pairs of scissors. Mm. Mm. Again, a scene that's normally missing yeah. from some prints we just mm. cut to Bannerman's shocked reaction. Mm. Connoisseurs, that's the twitch that's usually missing. Yes, that's definitely missing for most of uh, the, the British print of the film. So I hope you British fans are finally satisfied you've seen the twitch. Now, you know, interestingly, Boehm originally had a trick ending for the film which involved the Castle Rock killer escaping from a mental institution and murdering Johnny's former fiance Sarah in a hospital parking garage. Uh-huh. Um, and this turned out to be like a, a, another one of Johnny's psychic visions, but I think. Perhaps wisely, Cronenberg yes. rejected the idea. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, and unfortunately, I think this is where the scene just dr- dr- tips over into melodrama yeah, yeah. at it, this point.
1: It may also be that the reason Bohm suggested that is that Carrie had ended with a big surprise twist shock that made no narrative sense at all, but was part of what he you quotes, associated with He Stephen quotes King. dressed
0: to kill as being his inspiration.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he never saw Carrie. Uh, <laughs> very few people did.
0: Okay, here we are into the next story now. And
1: it's another snowy day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's probably summer
1: by now, but it's still snowy.
0: Again, coming up is another nice use of the interweaving storylines concept, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Again, just a hint of what we've got to come. That's
1: the first glimpse of Martin Sheen, although he was briefly mentioned, I think. His character, rather. Another one of these Adams family houses that uh, apparently are genuinely all over New England.
0: For a guy who's been out of work for five years. Obviously, yeah. his, his money is stored up in the bank, and he could afford a really nice house when he got yeah, out of yeah, his coma.
1: Yeah, with uh, the insurance, I suspect. I've got insurance from yeah. the milk company. Yes. <laughs> yes, after all, it was their fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why isn't Johnny rich? Why doesn't he own the milk company? <laughs> Maybe they blamed it all on the driver, and <laughs> which is something of course, what happened in, in the case of King's How accident. Did you find me?
3: Uh, My father stopped off to see him, and he told me you moved to a new town.
1: I, obviously, hiding under the know. obviously assumed name of Johnny so, uh, Smith, which is written up outside his house. So wild, uh, right, no way, no
0: can find him because they yeah. just look it. hundreds of Smiths in the phone book <laughs> and they can right. never you find him. Until you're
3: doctor job.
0: Again, interesting that the the the, the, the time changes that Cronenberg uses. He doesn't try to to show us calendars or falling leaves or anything. He just simply cuts, and we go with him by this point. The narrative carries us through.
1: And uh,
0: our doctor doesn't even have any other patients
2: either
0: <laughs> He's very nice because obviously he's he's not been his doctor now for quite a long time because you know Johnny's been out and about in Castle Rock and everywhere else. But he still follows it up. Still making house calls. Still making house calls. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Maybe he's
1: hoping for some useful predictions.
0: Of course, now poor old is even more alienated from <laughs> humanity. Um, you know, maybe Henrietta Dodd was right when she calls him a devil sent from hell, because yeah. at this point we're not quite sure whether his powers are for good or evil, because yeah. they, yeah. they never seem to work out the right yeah. way, even uh, though he tries his best. No, yeah.
3: no, more, no more pills. It takes time to recover. The healing process is slow, I told you many times.
1: So another minor Stephen Sarah, King theme is... Uh, his aversion to um, prescription Isn't medicine. That right? <laughs> There's the, the Cat from Hell sequence in uh, Tales from the Dark Side is all about evil pill pushers, you know, the, the yeah. company that puts these things out. And and it's uh, something that recurs in his work. I don't know if he's ever had any bad personal experiences with uh, over-the-counter medicines.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, well, obviously, he's, he's had some experience of all kinds of drugs at various times. Oh, yeah, times yeah. He's, he's
1: been quite open about it. So, but,
0: uh, uh, but I, it's, again, it's an
1: American obsession that perhaps um, we
0: don't get particularly in, in Britain. But he's always been alert to it as the, the spells. Yeah. The, uh, well, I think it's also a Cronenbergian um, uh, obsession of not trusting doctors yes. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I mean, is, we're back to this whole yeah. thing of what actually the dead zone itself is, mm. which we touched upon earlier. And of course, in King's novel, it's depicted as a recurring blank spot in Johnny's psychic visions. Mm. Whereas in the movie, it's kind of dispensed with Johnny's brain tumor, yeah, and also the concept of having him age prematurely was was originally going to be the idea mm. that he would get older the more he used mm. his powers. But again, they dropped that from the screenplay. I think
1: quite smiley it always looks bad. The the uh, you know the, the old age makeup. It's very know, much a Hammer film type yeah, effect, isn't it? Every yeah. time he uses his power, he gets you know. Yeah ages yeah of course King Absolutely. later wrote the golden years, which goes the other way around, exactly Every time he, uses power, he gets younger, so he never wanted to throw away no throw, <laughs> a, not even a good idea, but just <laughs> yes. an idea yes uh, ins a in, 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 subtle bit of, of um, plot establishing there, we know he's gone back to teaching because there are childs I'll drawings on the wall
0: exactly. Come with me. And, again, once more, we're going to be using uh, the fairy tale motif, as, as well as going to turn up in a minute, which, again, is, is all the way through here. If you, if you think of Edgar Allan Poe's um, The Raven, sleep, you know, the uh, sleepy hollow earlier on.
3: You haven't even opened them. I don't have to. They all want the same thing.
1: Some of them have sent parcels as well as letters. So. Yeah. One yeah. well, wonders what's in them. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, presumably it's items he's supposed to hold Why to say, yeah, here's my daughter's scarf. Where is she?
0: My
1: life. She's hanging around a bus Why station in San
3: Jose.
0: In it's interesting that it's a curse, not a blessing for mm. him.
3: Nothing can touch me here. I'm alone. I'm safe.
2: But instead of dying, she's... Sh- so
0: again, um, here's Cindy Hines, a little girl for, who's the heroine of Cronenberg's The Brood. So, once again, working with an actor he, he knows. i um, reading from Sleeping Beauty, of course, which works as a perfect metaphor for Johnny's own five-year coma.
2: That's my mum. OK.
1: There's his name outside,
0: and indeed he seems to be renting an apartment as well. <laughs> Another favourite actor of ours, and he's uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, he Normally plays uh, the villain, as you said yeah. earlier, um, in such films as Will Penny and, of course, the Omega Man, which mm-hmm. is the one we remember remembering yeah. from. He
1: was also one of the great TV guest
0: stars. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Every single
1: TV show he'd been on. He did, yeah. and
0: also he, yeah. he was. Also, I remember from the Man from Uncle, of course, and yeah. he was also a regular on on the 1970s TV series Harry O. That's right. Yeah. What can I do for you? Um, And once again, playing against type in this film. Yeah, yeah. We would, and particularly
1: because he's playing a a fat cat, and traditionally in in movies, rich people are swine. And he turns out to be, although he has kind of corrupt tendencies, he's still basically a good guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And in fact, he becomes quite affecting. Again, as with Herbert Long, we're not used to seeing uh, scenes where we sympathise with him. He
3: won't take part in school, he won't join in, he won't learn, and...
1: God, he's so shy. And here we have another king kid, another isolated, know... Uh, yeah, Sad child, as we left at home from school. That's right, yeah, doesn't enjoy sports. know, <laughs> yeah, reads a lot of books. Um, we later like see him even playing with a word processor. Yeah, God, come with me today. Well, perhaps that's how we all yeah.
0: were. That's why we're into this. Yeah. Well.
3: Yeah. No, but, uh, that's out of the question. It's just uh, not the way I do it. It won't work otherwise. Please. If you come out to the house, he'll get to know you, then you can bring him back here for the lessons.
0: I think this is nice, where Johnny suddenly realises that Roger Stewart actually wants him for his skills as a teacher, yes, yeah. not for his psychic <laughs> yeah. abilities like yeah. everybody else does. Yeah. Saturday, I'll
3: send a car over to pick you up.
0: Huh? <laughs> Thank you. Apparently he gets nothing yes, off of this guy at right, all yeah. when he shakes hands that, with him. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, one of several handshakes that don't have visions,
0: yeah. Presumably, there's nothing particularly bad about his life to to give him back. Obviously, nothing's going to happen, even though his <laughs> son possibly may die later yes. on in this movie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, at that point, Johnny never saw it. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, I think we uh, we're supposed to assume that sometimes it's short-term futures. Uh, the the danger, of course, um, doesn't yet um, occur to. Doesn't manifest future. at this point okay. because, for instance, the, the kid would never play hockey if he didn't come out of his shell, which means that Johnny has to go there. So he's changed. So he's changed the, this the future again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He also never thinks to shake his own hand and find out what's going to happen to him. i mm, <laughs> uh, presumably... sure if that would work.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get like feedback at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: there are other things he could do that <laughs> that might cause problems. <laughs>
0: Again, coming up to another one of those great moments where the two stories overlap yeah. for a moment.
1: It can't be. Presumably he wore an uh, all-over condom when he was having sex, or else he would have scried all kinds of bad stuff about Sarah.
2: Yeah, obviously
0: yeah, he says, oh, maybe it's a power he can turn on and turn off. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, you folks take
0: that money, put it in your pocket, keep it, then go back and get some more if you can, cos times is rough. But when you get into that voting booth, I want you to vote for whomever will you damn well please. Well, sir... We won that election by damn near what, Sonny? 29. 29 percentage points. We've been winning ever since, and those people spent that money
1: with... That's, of course, one of the many southern politicians in Maine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's obviously spreading out his, uh, his base of, of supporters. You, yeah. i like
3: to meet my son's tutor, John Smith.
0: Je- I think this is interesting, this, this scene here with a little sleight of hand there from yeah. Cronenberg, yeah. where yeah. Just escape time. he's talking about his future told yeah. at this point. <laughs> mm.
3: Well, Greg, you've got some good ideas. You've got to let me think about them.
0: That one shot's really enough to tell
1: you what kind of a politician oh, Greg yeah. Stilson really is. I
2: need your support. I need your expertise. I need your input. And most importantly, I need your money. <laughs>
0: yeah, and laughs just too quickly. Uh, right, right, right. But, uh, so, no, I think it's a good performance yeah. of Martin Shears. I, yeah. Unfortunately, I think he's a little too young looking for the role at the that? moment. I mean, I, he could mm. play it better now. Mm. Yeah. He's become a very solid character. Although now Now
1: he's a hopeful. uh, in the future he becomes president, but now he's only starting his career of rottenness.
3: Well let's
0: go see Crips, I Sure. Interesting of course that the following year Martin Sheen replaced an ailing Burt Lancaster in another Dino dealer into Stephen King adaptation, Firestarter. So again it's obviously something Dino enjoyed working with.
1: Yes, although of course maybe one of the things that's not predicted is that uh, Firestarter marks Martin Sheen's kind of career slide for some years. (laughs) Yeah. Because Back then, it was unusual because Sheen was in Apocalypse Now and and, and Badlands, of course, big movies. Um, Here, he's taking you know a a showy guest star part, not not uh, the lead. He could have played Johnny. He Uh, could, in fact, he's he's old enough to play. Exactly, he's that kind of actor. Um, And I think by doing this and then Firestarter, he kind of edged himself towards being the, and also with Martin Sheen as
2: the heavy. Yeah, Yeah. bring out of your shell.
0: And in fact, there have been some performances from Martin Sheen, which have bordered on that Christopher Walken <laughs> yes. mania as well.
2: You don't have to do anything. It's my dad that lives in a shell, not me.
0: <laughs> and once again, we've got the uh, the Stephen King, the only Stephen King child who uh, lives in his own little fantasy world. Yeah, we also have a, a a different interior from the Dodd household. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, uh,
1: King, uh, although of course, obviously now a very rich man, has tended not to be able to write terribly well about the rich. Um, this is kind of a cliche vision of, of what a a millionaire's house looks like. Peter Straub's much. Uh, Smarter and I think more inside when he writes about people like this. And do we ever find out what Zerb's character made his money from at all? Uh, I think he's a dry cleaner. He's uh, actually established. <laughs> you see, because later we see a hockey team with uh, the, the jackets yes. on the back of it, and, and I think the business is mentioned. Some there is some. Presumably, yeah. <laughs> he owns a, tr- a chain yeah, uh, of dry cleaners. do you want a, yeah. <laughs> huh. Don't want a beer? Okay. Brian, get. I also think that Roger Stewart's name gets spelt several different ways. <laughs>
0: Again, another uh, a king favourite of giving a character two first names. Yeah. Uh, which is another recurring motif in his fiction. 99! That terrible t- TV image again. <laughs> the flicker. Very good. I'm Greg And again, apparently Martin Sheen ad-libbed this several times um, <laughs> and, and gave different performances each time. Well, um, and then Cronenberg just put one he liked. Down in of course, the sad thing
1: is that uh, now most American politicians are like this. Exactly. The last two American presidents have been Greg Stilson, which is probably a very bad thing. Uh, I mean, this is a, a book written okay. in the kind of Jimmy Carter era. Um, later, and, of course, Greg Stilton is a, a third-party candidate, so maybe Ross Perot is kind of thought like that. But we're supposed to believe he might become president.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, King and, and Kainberg are both liberals, and for them, this is you know, the worst possible phase yeah. of American politics. Okay, and <laughs> it shows you how much things have changed over the last couple of decades. Yeah, King campaigned for Gary Hart, didn't he? In, um, yes. And, uh, All around me, so
2: many but, <laughs> What are you people doing here in the middle of the day? Middle of a work day! You're standing
3: out in the cold. Look around. Look at each other. How do you feel about each other? Are you proud of your communities? Would you send the guy next to you to the US Senate? Huh? A real man you of the people. You, you the people. you don't feel good about Jesus, you what no an act. Can't they right see through this guy? I'm mixed up. You both acted like you were friends this get morning. Up!
1: Of course we now know the American people would elect he'd yeah, exactly. have a landslide now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or at least
1: after the recount in Florida he'd get it. On the other hand,
3: if he wins and this turkey just might You got to make sure you thought it was a good friend. You know what I mean yeah. <laughs>
0: They're not I think it's interesting, once again, it's prophetic words from someone who doesn't have psychic powers. We've seen this all the way through again. When Sarah says early, you know, basically we'll be together eventually. Uh, characters almost make predictions in this, who, um, which come true. A
3: volunteer workers on my campaign. Let's send Greg Stilson to the United States Senate and
2: mediocrity to hell! And, of
1: course, the thing is that a politician like this would have to join one of the two major parties if he wanted to get anywhere. Exactly. Ross Perot um, was not a serious candidate. It's almost the, the single most fantastical element uh, of, of this story is the possibility that a third party candidate could have any influence at all in America.
0: And particularly this Frank Capra type scene mm. now where, they, where they, yeah. they blackmail the local newspaper guy as if he's got any power to stop yeah. this it, guy getting to, you it, know, it, it, yeah. to the Senate. This reminds me of the beating up the newspaper editor sequence in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valley. Yeah, yeah, so they go yes. in and break the plate so they can't yeah. print the newspaper. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore.
1: Yeah, it is also the only non-Johnny Smith scene in, in the film and, and it kind of, I think it tips the hand too much. Now we know Greg Stilson, is evil and has. To we don't need to see this. I'm we agree. we got that, and it breaks up. It's, I mean, it's nicely played. That's uh, Jack Crayley was also in Video drove. Yes, another and another Cronenberg actor. Yeah. Yes, and it's it's well done, but it is a a lazy scene. I think it it explains too much. He gives us president. some. And he has a vision too. So yeah, another yeah, another man who has another a vision. One. He's not got psychic yeah. abilities.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also see now he has a staff yeah. of one as well. As yes. so I can tell you, he's a sort of campaign manager come thug. Yeah. <laughs> is that
1: a picture of Ronald Reagan yeah. in the background
0: there? I think, there? You, I think yes, it is it actually. Is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so one would assume, then this newspaper yeah. would be on Chris Wilson's side. Well, yes. Unless <laughs> they're throwing darts at that picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because although I believe okay. King probably didn't vote for Ronald oh, Reagan. <laughs> Of course, Cronenberg could have yeah. been Canadian. Yes. <laughs> but again, the interesting thing was that you know Jeffrey Baum completed this script on the day that uh, Reagan came to power, um, which you know sets it in its time and place quite nicely nowadays. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course, because the novel
1: is pre-Reagan. In
0: That's fact, right.
1: It's, uh, one of the things we don't get in the film. We get in the novel is actual appearances by Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter and, and other real political, which is again something
0: King likes to do, yeah. is to mix up that fact and fantasy quite nicely to throw the, the, the reader off balance which of course is a lot more difficult well it used to be more difficult doing films but of course we've now seen Clinton in yes, in movies right. yeah, so, yeah, I mean you know we yeah. can now do it I think
1: Jimmy Carter appeared in uh, was it The Bodyguard I uh, my so yeah, they, my son, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> they could probably that have that got, got him the they could have seen Greg Serson and Ronald Reagan on the same platform yeah. <laughs> now, I've never <laughs> met Mrs. Brown, but
2: I'm damn near sure that ain't her what do you think Sonny?
0: You can tell they're mean guys because they broke his family photo. Yeah,
1: they didn't turn the lights out on, when, on when they were going to blackmail him. But it's also another case where the, uh, the all-powerful editor is working late at night with nobody With no staff, exactly. Yeah. He's putting out the whole newspaper on his own. Yeah, I suspect Geoffrey Jerome doesn't quite understand the whole process of getting an editorial out tomorrow. It's too late to stop the presses. Yeah. And also, the presses are somewhere else. They're yes. not in this little office. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those days have long gone.
3: What if I don't make a deal, Stilson? You'll make a deal.
2: Otherwise, I'll have my friend Sonny take your goddamn head off.
3: Good idea. I think wasn't
1: in in the novel we established that Greg Stilson is bad because he kicks a dog. Oh, he kicks a dog. Yeah, and
0: also um, he was an abused child as well, Uh, which is you know the the glib reason.
2: Prophet, said I, thing of evil,
0: prophet still... Here we go with The Raven again, yep. by Poe. By that
2: heaven that bends above us...
0: And, of course, the lost Lenore Ecker and Johnny's longing for Sarah,
2: who will probably turn up time. his door any minute. Within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden in the angel's name Lenore.
0: Chris, skip to the
3: part where he talks about, will I ever see her again?
2: Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow. From my book surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. I just wondered what
1: Poe meant there, because he names her and then says she's nameless. Uh, That's poetry. (laughs) You can get away with that in poetry. (laughs) Yes, well, another very sloppy writer, but wonderful.
0: Good afternoon, sir. We're out in your neighbourhood today talking to people about... There's a plastic man turned (laughs) up at your door. (laughs) That's right. We're here to bother you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, But are you aware of what Greg Stilson... Interesting, that poster was based on Norman Rockwell's work. Yes, it has Um, that look, doesn't it? uh, When uh, the art director designed all these houses and these snowscapes, they used Rockwell as a a good example. And they actually based the painting of Martin Sheen on Rockwell's work. a student... Sure, I know you're busy. Uh, can I leave you some? I'm sure not. You know, a number of political um, analysts yeah, yes. have, have tried that in the yes, past as right. well.
1: Yeah, it doesn't quite sell these days, but yeah, it's, it's it's a very strong image. Yeah, and of course now we realise, yes, her husband is indeed a twit, but also he's moved to another town, hasn't <laughs> yes. he? Yet she's followed him somehow. Yeah, well, he's campaigning state for state senator, so presumably,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> Greg... These people is, get out quite yeah, quite far. He yeah. hasn't, again, hasn't got many people working for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if you remember, she isn't working as a teacher anymore. We never find out what the husband does. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's got one of those... Maybe he's unemployed, since that seems to be Greg's uh, constituency. That's right, uh, yeah. Desperate middle-class guys who, who feel they should good. have had a, a better shot in life.
0: He's obviously a male model who's out of work. Yeah, so yeah.
1: Often. But then again, he copped off with your girlfriend, so... Nya, nya, nya. <laughs>
2: Hey, come on back, Johnny. It's no fun reading myself. Uh,
3: Chris, Walt and
1: Sarah. Uh, Walt, we do find out he has a name.
0: (laughs) We'll let you get back. It's not a particularly interesting one.
1: Interesting that obviously the kid picked up on all the strange (laughs) undercurrents going on there, but the husband doesn't. (laughs) 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 By the way, I boffed your
0: wife. And if the boy didn't understand what was going on, he sure is in a minute. Well, this huge breakdown scene.
2: Who's that?
1: Again, turns his face away. Yeah, uh, Most actors would insist that the camera was right up there showing their close-up as they're emoting so strongly. Um, yeah, you know, walking here, just does it with his hands.
0: And Cronenberg does a wide shot yeah. as well, which is interesting. Then yeah. moves into the, the two-shot. Mm. Mm. But again, distancing himself from the grief. Mm. But it's much
1: more affecting that way that I, I personally find than, uh, as it were, the Steven Spielberg approach, which is to, yeah, uh, a tight turn, turn up here. that John Williams score. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and so it's, it's interesting we get uh,
0: Johnny hugs uh, a child who isn't his own. Yeah. But then. <laughs> Now, again, interestingly, Johnny's vision of Chris and his friends drowning in the lake uh, was originally going to be a high school gym fire in the book, but Cronenberg thought this was too much like Carrie, so he changed it to the, this, pro, this particular scene, which was actually filmed in a swimming pool.
1: And we find out that Stuart's a mill owner because his right team right. is Stuart's Mills.
0: Oh,
2: God.
1: Presumably a reference to John Stuart Mill, the, uh, the Victorian economist and philosopher. One would hope so. (laughs) No,
0: it's just that lazy thinking where you stick your names together from something you vaguely heard of.
3: Hi,
0: Johnny. Interesting, uh, the hockey scene uh, was perhaps meant to echo a three-minute pre-credit sequence, Mm. which was cut by Cronenberg during post-production, in which a young Johnny, uh, played by Stephen Flynn, uh, was hit on the head during a hockey game, and that's where his psychic ability is first triggered. Um, and he tries to warn his older friend by stuntman Dick Warlock, who of course was in Halloween Two mm-hmm. playing the Shape, the swamp thing, uh, yeah. and not to no that's the other, that's oh, the other Dick Warlop. no yeah. <laughs> not to jumpstart his car. Um, but again Cronenberg thought the the story was much more linear if he, if he cut that sequence out at the beginning of the film. So we never really find out how you know is, is it the milk c- crash yeah. that creates Johnny's psychic abilities or as in King's book did he have them from when he was a child?
2: Yeah. I'm scared,
1: for Christ's sake. Also, it's very Canadian, the hockey thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, an American director would be Sandlot Baseball. That's Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly, I mean, yes. so, And that's King's big obsession, isn't to it? To have two baseball. scenes with, yeah. with
0: ice hockey is very strange yes. in a film that is not <laughs> yeah. Canadian.
3: as a teacher, not as a fortune teller. Now, don't give me mm-hmm. any arguments. The ice is gonna break!
0: Another nice yes. Christopher Walken yeah. moment.
3: Yeah. I don't want you in my boy's life anymore.
1: And here he's up against an actor argument- who, can, who can match <laughs> him. Who can match him, yes. <laughs> yeah. has shout for shout. Yeah. Oh, in fact, the kid is rather lost, I think. It's uh, not one of the better <laughs> performances in, in the movie. It's not bad, but it doesn't... Uh, the child really doesn't hold the screen with yeah. his, these powerhouses.
3: <laughs>
0: he does have that Danny haircut from The Shining <laughs> yes, that, that, that a lot yeah. of King yeah. children have. Yeah. <laughs> I'll
3: see that you get your final check.
1: He actually looks a I'm bit like crazy, um, King's Kids.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Don't let the boy Did then.
1: I mean, they're grown up now. I'm but, uh, right about uh, this. Um, his son appears in Creepshow at the we'll beginning. and looks exactly look. like that.
0: With that same hair kind, that same mm. colour hair, exactly.
3: Give me your hand.
0: Don't the, the
1: turned-up collar always an indication of psychic powers or strangeness or... <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. do not worry about that. My driver will take you home.
0: This reassures what you were saying earlier, yeah. that um, basically it's moment to moment, because yeah, history's now changed. changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But does he see him 20 years on winning a Nobel Prize? Uh,
2: yes, yeah, so he only seems yeah. to be like
1: within the immediate yeah, or, future. Uh, yeah. Copping off with Farrah Fawcett? No,
0: no, it's only bad stuff he knows. Yeah. <laughs> what computers used to look like. Yes, that's
2: right. <laughs> Why not?
3: You
1: don't even dress. Well, even Stephen King only could just afford one of those back then.
2: Oh. I thought you called it off.
3: I well, was just to get rid of him.
2: So,
1: the, a, a, a more healthy child's room has, has spaceman pictures. Write wallpaper, <laughs> yes. And it's light, yeah. No working out equipment. Yeah,
0: that's right. So you can tell he's a good child because he's bookish. Yeah. He doesn't like to go out exactly. and play sports. Exactly, you know, <laughs> yeah. exactly. A, a king hero there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And his dad's bought him all that expensive equipment to show he's privileged. Now we find out that Johnny does have to bring his own food home. Yeah.
0: Yeah, another nice piece of misdirection here by Cronenberg.
1: We're in the town of Cleves Mills, where Stuart owns a mill, so we assume it's a mill town then. Yes, we (laughs) know, absolutely. The the, the irony of the telescope pointed at nothing, uh, showing lack of sight.
0: That's, that's neat, where basically we think the kid's dead. And, and something. Hello? Who is it? Again, like Dr Weezak earlier, unable it? to communicate.
1: Yeah. And, uh, before everybody had answer phones... This reminds me a little of um, Robert Altman's Nashville, also about a a third-party political candidate, Hal Philip Walker, who we assume is just as bad as Greg Stilson from uh, the people we see. It's one of these uh, stars and stripes, swathed, uh, horrible showbiz type. But then again, he doesn't seem to be getting very far on it. (laughs) No, he's got all the, trapping,
0: all the yeah. trappings on a very low budget,
1: basically.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing more irritating than when a fascist political candidate has their big rally outside your house and you're depressed. Yeah. Um, it's not useful for a plot yeah. device. Yes, no wonder he wants to shoot him. <laughs> yeah.
0: It doesn't seem very likely to me that Craig Stilson would ever get to the Senate on the, yeah. on the, on the level of publicity yeah. campaigns he's been running so far.
1: Maybe he's blackmailed a lot of newspaper editors. Sure. Yeah. There, what I can't understand is we know that the husband's an idiot, that's why he's voting for Stilson. What's she seeing him?
0: Well, he has to yeah. say, what does she, what she see in her husband anyway? Yeah. So well, yeah, maybe that's she's right. just going yeah. along.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. maybe she's not as clever as we think she is as well. And it's been snowing for 18 straight months. <laughs> I wonder what uh, the collectability of those white Vote for Stilson uh, construction worker hats are. These oh, days. I'm sure like Stephen
0: King fans, they go for <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of money these days. Yeah. And those badges as well. Yeah. yeah. This is more like the sort of gathering you'd get for a local town councillor... Rather yes, than that's a, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: ..a senator.
1: Maybe the incumbent in this state is, is uh, well-known to be a loser. Uh, of course, the other um, fictional politician this is a bit like is um, Bob Roberts... In the, Very the much Robbins like Bob movies. Roberts. Yeah, um, that, uh, yeah, obviously backed by old money, but is the mock sham of, of being populist, yeah. And this was before we'd heard of spin doctors, isn't it? Where crooked politicians just had thugs.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. His campaign <laughs> manager, his spin <laughs> doctor, and his local heavy man. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll kill people for you as well. Yeah. Very apparently useful. quite happily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Ominous music suggests he's not a good guy.
0: But again, quite a nice build-up with the crowd yeah. scene here. Yeah. I mean, very, always yeah. very Hitchcockian. Again, where yeah. they're moving closer and closer together yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. And of course, having missed him the last time when they yeah. shook hands, you know, we're, we're waiting for it this time. Hi, uh, how
2: are you? Nelson. Hey, thanks for
0: coming. Good to see you. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Nelson, Good to see you. Nelson, hey,
2: thanks very much for coming. Good. Nelson, Nelson.
0: Now, I never know whether Sheen actually recognises him from their previous encounter here, or whether yeah. you realise there's something yeah. odd about yeah.
1: him. It's obviously a, a moment of connection. Yeah.
0: And here we have See. the evil future. Do it. Put your hand on the scanning screen, and you'll go down in history with me.
3: As what? The world's greatest mass
0: murderers. You- I mean, apparently, Stephen King has said that the novel arose from two questions he asked himself: Can a political assassination ever be right? And if he is, could you make him the protagonist of a, of, of the novel? Um, can you make him the good guy? And it's interesting. This is where we are told, basically, you know, yeah. murder is correct mm-hmm. in this particular case.
2: Do it.
1: I think this also gives the lie to those many people at the last election who thought Martin Sheen would make a good president.
0: Well, of course, he's President jo- Joshua Bartlett in the NBC TV series The West Wing now, so he's certainly a lot nicer and probably saner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you never
1: know until that fifth season where they have to really shake the
0: storyline up. And again, so, apparently Martin Sheen improvised much of his dialogue for these yeah. scenes. Um, and in an earlier version of the script, he apparently shoots the general dead and then places the corpse's hand on the scanner, yeah. um, which would have been a, a kind of neat
1: Yeah, uh, I can't see why scene. the general does get along with
0: it. The sequence, yeah. Knowing it's probably the end of the yeah, world anyway, right. you'd think he'd, yeah, like, he'd, he'd protest a bit more, it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I suppose we, this is also supposed to take place in what was then the future, so it's slightly yeah. uh, gadgety-looking.
0: But again, with a lot of Cronenberg's yeah. movies, you get that feeling that it's, it's you know within the next decade. There's yeah. just something slightly mm-hmm. out of kilter with what we're seeing. Thank you, sir. And the campaign manager's still going along with it. Even yeah. though he
2: knows there's going to be a nuclear war? Yeah. It's odd, uh, that, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe he's thinking it's going to be a nuclear attack with no retaliation.
0: Yeah.
3: Which Let them come up. this is not necessary, Mr. President.
0: And again, interestingly, mm. originally in this scene, Johnny appeared in the vision with mm. Stilson, um, and then during post-production, Cronenberg edited the character out um, of most of the visions, except yeah. for that Castle Rock murder we yeah. saw earlier. And if you look very carefully at the scene of the drowning schoolboys, you can actually mm. see Johnny's arm in the mm. shot. But the other mm. visions, like this one, just appear, you know, mm. as, as cutaways. Do that.
3: Go back in time. Interesting
1: that uh, line the, about the missiles are flying, hallelujah. It's very close to a, 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 an ill-advised joke Ronald Reagan made on Mike no. <laughs> uh, once, uh, once at a press conference. He... Uh, he uh, in doing the you know the warm up beforehand, someone asked him to say a few words in the mic, and he said, um, uh, "I've I've just passed legislation that'll outlaw Soviet the Soviet Union forever. I've launched the missiles, uh, and then did a little laugh." Not a good speech to have out of context. <laughs> no, no, uh, particularly since he must have known somebody would tape it. But uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, nobody shook Ronald Reagan's hand on the way to the White House.
3: Stewart, <laughs> in the vision, I saw him drown. I saw him die, Sam. But that that's not the point. In the vision, there was something missing. There was
1: something I couldn't see. I have to say, this is one of those scenes... Because it's actually the crux of the film, this is the important thing, you could easily
0: cut it. Exactly. Yeah, we yes. know all this stuff. It well, is almost like the editorial. This, uh, is, yeah, this is where they try to explain exactly what the dead zone is, yeah. you know, this unknown area of yeah. possibility where Johnny can actually change mm. the future. That's one possible yeah. reason for the We're dead already, zone. But It could be all sorts of other ones yeah. we've been given That's in right. the course of the film. We already
1: know that, and there's something about this would-you-kill-Hitler thing. It's, it's
3: yeah, old and... Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Don't you see? Don't you see how clear it all is? Not only can you see the future, you can... I can change it.
1: Yes, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, here's the plot. it would wake you up (laughs) again. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll be back back to the story soon. Yes, John.
3: (laughs) That is your your dead zone.
1: That's your dead zone. (laughs) Hence the title. (laughs) Hence the title. of
3: (laughs) Of your your premonitions it's fascinating let me make a note what about my question sir huh oh you mean the one about uh, about Hitler what would you do I don't like the sound of this John what are you getting at what would you do would you kill him all right All right, I'll give you an answer. Uh, I'm a man of medicine. I'm expected to save lives and ease suffering, and I, I love people. Therefore, I would have no choice but to kill the son of a bitch.
1: However, the doctor doesn't, doesn't seem to have assume have that this is more than a hypothetical, a hypothetical conversation. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not a very good psychiatrist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the mother's Christian ranting still on the walls. And this is another one of those things that, uh, in case you hadn't
0: noticed, means that it's set in America. Uh, even nice people have guns. Exactly. This is interesting, we talked about structure earlier on this and in fact now the film has moved into a fourth act mm. basically and yes. um, almost as you were saying earlier like TV writing. Mm. I mean it now begins with Johnny's realisation mm. that only he can save the world and he must yeah. act on his vision mm. um, and whereas you know we've had three, the, the basic mm. solid three act structure of a movie um, it's kind of interesting that mm. it has moved into that, into that fourth area mm. now. That's
1: a nice little moment the, the, the picture of the parents when they were happy.
0: But, um, but of course we've never seen anybody yeah. happy in this film so far at all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I believe King is personally not a fan of guns, uh, unlike the 98% of Americans who seem to, to believe that it's their God-given right to have 28 of them. Um, I suppose uh, the, one of the other films that's floating around in the ether at the time, this is right Taxi Driver, song. the other great... Yeah. Do, do you... Is this guy a hero, or really? is he Lee Harvey Oswald? Is he a villain, exactly. Um, and the, I mean, this is this obviously is much less complicated than that. straight-ahead melodrama, but it's still dealing with actually quite a, a, uh, a major American theme of the of the late 20th century. No, see
3: it's a gift. Anyway, by the time mm-hmm. you get this... Do you
1: life? think if Johnny
0: Smith had... A, a,
1: um, shook John Lennon's hand before he wrote Imagine, we would have been saved.
0: Well, it's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, I, I, think, what, I think what the interesting things you touched upon there is I think for a very linear narrative, this film actually b- brings up a lot of que- interesting yeah. questions and a lot of interesting characters. Um, I mean, you, you can't say which way anybody would go. I mean, I, you know, as, as glib as that, as that question was about killing Hitler. I think it's something, you know, it's a party trick we all play sometimes. Yeah, what yeah, what would you do what if? Is your,
1: you know, but also, I think maybe King is underrated as a political writer. He's He is a big best-selling writer who's genuinely and adversarially engaged in American politics. Most big bestsellers, like, I don't know, Tom Clancy or Dean Koontz, are... Yeah, right-wing
0: Republicans. Yeah.
1: Whereas King is a liberal Democrat. Yeah. He's always questioning, picking,
0: picking at the scabs of
1: America. As it were. But, but yeah. I think because
0: again, yeah. he looks at the working classes, mm. he looks at the middle classes, mm. and, and sees the country, the bigger picture, mm. reflected in individual characters yeah. or the society they live in. I mean, obviously, as we know before, he's and you're saying again about um, before product placement. But the one thing this film is missing that obviously a King novel has to the great degree is is product placement, mm. his brand. Mm. On on everything, and we don't really get that in this film. Yeah. There's no sense mm. of th- this particular make of cigarettes or this particular mm. make of petrol. It's not even a branded political party. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this scene has always appeared to me to be like a, a low-budget Manchurian candidate. Yeah, it's not Madison Square Gardens, is it? Yeah, but, <laughs> Well, you'd expect it to be. He's, he's running for the Senate. You'd expect him to have a, a few more people. I
1: suppose it? he's only at the beginning of his evil career, which will end with the destruction of the world. So ah, but then if you
0: it. take the idea that we went earlier, that yeah. he only sees the immediate future. Mm. Yes, true. Yeah. Um, for some reason, so, he sees still Maybe
1: this, this meeting is the crucial one. If he hadn't turned up, this was the meeting where suddenly he would go from being a, a crackpot no-one ever heard of... To being a serious politician, which is actually credible in American terms. Nobody had heard of Jimmy Carter uh, up until like twenty minutes before he was president. The same is true of, of Bill Clinton. Exactly what I was gonna say with Bill Clinton, small, Clinton. yes. Uh, local, local politicians, politicians yes, yeah, who then said. suddenly went national. Maybe we're supposed to assume that this is the moment where, where history can change from delivers the other. that great speech. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, <laughs> uh, another American thing, the, the loading of the gun, proving it's actually not easy. It's uh, a gun as a tool here, rather than the kind of fantasized object you get in most action type pictures.
0: And again, you would think if he's been there yeah. all night, he would have loaded it earlier yeah. rather than worrying yes. about it <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> well, it get, gets a bit of suspense here. <laughs> so again, it's that Hitchcock yeah. type moment again, yeah. where is the gun going to jam yeah. or isn't it going to yeah. jam? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Seems to be the same bunch of extras who were at the last rally, but uh, then again, it is a core cool to campaign, town,
2: yes. isn't it? Yeah. Uh.
0: And, again, I think this is a very good example of Cronenberg's use of of crowds and how to direct crowds. And, amazingly, Cronenberg has admitted that he didn't storyboard most of the film except for Mm. the big special effects sequences. Mm. So, I mean, I think this is a particularly well-cut-together sequence. Oh, yeah, he's a very
1: very cool filmmaker. And, again, brings back to that Manchurian
0: candidate idea, you know, cutting between the assassin and and, and the guy on Mm. the podium. It's a very nicely put-together sequence, this.
1: Really ought to get a less evil looking coat for the rest of the campaign if he hopes to be taken seriously.
0: Well, I think yeah. all henchmen wear those kind of yeah. coats. <laughs> well, so apparently... That's a Nixon pose there. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Cronenberg had a long discussion with King, um, which resulted in some additional editing in these scenes um, because he wasn't happy with the use of, of the child in, in, in the scene in the coming up.
1: I think it it works. I think it, the fact that it's a kid we've met before, rather than as in the novel, a, a yes, fresh in the, kid in the book, it's,
0: is... it's a film logic, isn't it? It's
1: it's a shortcut to emotional involvement.
0: Exactly. Apparently, Christopher Walken yeah. came up with the idea um, mm-hmm. to make it Sarah's child during, when you made a offhand mm-hmm. comment on the set and Cronenberg overheard him and thought it was a great idea, and they rushed out to find a child that looked one we saw earlier. All right. If yeah. you notice, they're different babies. All right. You well, I mean, it's, it's meant to be a little bit older later, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but also it would it would. Explain why Sarah would suddenly go off still.
1: <laughs> still not very good aim for no, somebody if with foresight. Well, it's that you close know, as well.
0: As we know, those rifles are notoriously inaccurate. And this kid with the yeah. camera is Ramon Estevez, who's one of Martin right. Sheen's sons. All right, but not one of the the, ones not one we the well-known ones, <laughs> yeah. no, but uh, yeah. a little cameo, yeah. a, little, a little family. Yeah. <laughs> very neat bit of
1: uh, special effects there, selling yep. you the shot through the body. Very good.
0: We finally see yeah. a husband do something. Yeah, if you like, nice. like, hold the baby. Yeah. I'm sure the the discussion in their kitchen tonight is going to be very interesting. But again, it's strange to me that there's apparently no cops on duty at yeah. this political rally. There's no uh, um, Red Cross people mm-hmm. there. It's just basically they, yeah. you know, he's he's a, a shopman. We'll leave him here. Yeah. <laughs> that I suppose says says it all, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It yeah. is a nice scene for you. Yeah. Almost an apocalypse now scene. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's actually an image from Manchurian Candid, the blood splattering yeah, on the, the image, yeah. so, yeah. It, uh, yeah. You're finished.
2: Where's that kid with the camera? He's taking pictures! I don't see him. You yeah.
0: asshole! He obviously doesn't mind him yeah. blowing yeah. up the world, but when he puts a baby in jeopardy, it's a whole different, yeah, whole different right. deal. Yeah, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, and everybody's gone except the principals. Nobody's left, yeah, just left them there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is also one of those the show's over, you can go home now. Apparently everybody has. Yeah. (laughs) I mean nobody's standing around looking, nobody's Mm. rushing to his aid. There's not even sirens in the background of approaching ambulances.
1: Yeah, which you would think Laurentis would have insisted on. So we might need a sequel hook. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Well, again, as we mentioned earlier, with a proposed uh, TV series based on, on the Dead Zone coming up with Anthony Michael Hall as Johnny, um, it's going to be hard. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a prequel uh,
2: yeah. this yeah. round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: One wonders how many things he can predict and change uh, without it becoming dull, but you think that about the premises of most TV series. It's the fugitive again,
0: isn't it? that's right, yeah. So overall, I mean, basically at that time, Cronenberg's biggest hit to date, it took $8 million in the United States and Canada, Um, it was a critical and commercial success. What's your feeling? I think it's a better film now than we thought it was then. It seemed a little disappointing
1: after Master the previous the, the very films. personal Cronenberg films. But then he went on and made a whole bunch of other movies that were based on other people's work. Only Existence since then has gone back to being his own work.
0: I think it's actually technically one of his most proficient mm-hmm. movies. And you know, as you say, seeing it again after a number yeah. of years, I was actually very impressed with the construction of the yeah. movie and, and the coolness of it. It's, yeah. it's a very cool, very clinical movie.
1: What what it isn't is like astonishing in the way that for good or ill Carrie and The Shining were however back then that was what you compared it to now now
0: comparing it to Needful Things or oh it's certainly one of the better Stephen King adaptations King without a doubt yeah. and yeah. I think it just you know it's, it shows that Cronenberg was ready for Hollywood and was ready mm. for The Fly mm. um, and it's and in many ways he's, he's almost taken a step back now with his more recent films and, and gone back to making smaller more mm. intimate movies the films the kind of films he started off making um, I think it's a very proficient movie, and I think it stands. I, I think it stands up particularly well two decades later.
1: Believe me, most 1983. I mean, look at Christine
0: again, and you think exactly what you felt about when it first came out. But here's this is a case where we have to um, take our hats off to the director mm. and the adapter, as opposed mm-hmm. to Stephen King, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, again, a good solid premise, a good yeah. solid uh, concept. It's, it's certainly one of his, his better movie ideas. Uh, it's, it may stand as one of his better books well the only thing that still bugs me about the film is every time I read those end credits I see that William B. Davis who played the villainous cigarette smoking man from the X-Files is in there somewhere as an ambulance driver and I've never yet managed to spot him anywhere <laughs> in the film
1: uh, mm, good point
0: it's just one of those things So, it's just, you know, one day I'd love to find, see yeah. him in there
1: on oh, Kerry Loftin from Duel is the other stunt coordinator
0: horse wranglers, where were the horses? Probably in the background somewhere, I think. <laughs> okay. No, overall fine film. I still think yeah. it stands out very mm-hmm. r- well today.
1: And there's a driver called Cactus as well.
0: Yeah. A biomedical advisor, which of course is a, <laughs> yes. is a great one for Cronenberg. <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he was uh, called up a lot.
0: Well, thank you, Kim. It's been really fun doing this. Yes, thank well, you, I Steve. hope the, uh, <laughs> the audience have enjoyed it as <laughs> yeah. much as we have, seeing it again after all these years.